Welcome to episode eight of Nearsighted Podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is my co-host, Big John Eisner. How's it going, John? Oh, it is going. It's been a while since we've had an episode, but I'm looking forward to this one. Got a lot to cover here, Brandon. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we've been trying to like take a little bit of a break to enjoy some time with like family and for the holidays and and um obviously once the new year starts we'll we'll be back to our our normal weekly schedule. Um but yeah, John, what do you think so far about the obviously we've had some time off from football, we've got some more basketball going on. Uh overall so far, what do you think? Uh look, it's it's what it's what we thought it would be, right? It's going to be rough without your best players. We already knew that. Now we are in the, I guess, realm of possibility of seeing Raekwon battle. He didn't play uh, on the 16th because he was sick, so hopefully he's in the next game. Uh, I was impressed with a couple of guys that we hadn't seen yet. Uh, again, this offense or this team is going to live and die by the offense. They don't yeah. play defense well, and and look. When we met Coach, that's the first thing he told us was this team yeah. doesn't play defense. <laughs> I mean, and he was right. They don't play or, defense. Yeah. It, or rebound, and we keep seeing them uh, losing rebounds on free throws, which is... that That's I what I can't even, understand. Yeah, I just I can't understand that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the game on the 16th against uh, UMass was, I mean, honestly, as close as we kept it against a team, that's, a UMass team, it actually seems to be pretty good this year. And Jesse Edwards had his literal worst game that he's had in maybe his career, I think, if you go back and wrist look at injury. stats. Yeah, he had a wrist injury and didn't get a whole lot of playing time in the second half. And then it's just like, even the first half, it was the guy was, they were like hacking him over and over and over again. And then oh, obviously yeah. he ended up getting hurt. So uh, all that considered, uh, we played pretty well to be able to keep it, you know, within, what was it, like seven or eight points? Yeah, I mean, look, you can't you can't fault the guys for going out there. They just... It, to me, it is inexcusable to allow the amount of offensive rebounds that they allow. I don't care, uh, you know, how you know undersized you are, or even how tired you are. Like, it shouldn't be that easy for the other team to get offensive rebounds like these teams are. Like, I remember the St. John's game and them just dominating us on the boards, and that was the reason we lost. Had we, you know, grabbed a couple rebounds, I think we would have won that game. Um, and that seems to be kind of our Achilles heel of this season. So hopefully they can improve, especially if, if battles back, we've heard how much of a athletic freak he is. And hopefully that, you know, means grabbing a couple rebounds for us. Uh, but all in all, the teams where we thought they would be, they're going to struggle. They're young and they don't have the talent that a lot of these other teams have right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, another name, not just Raekwon was affected by this, but also Noah, the, Mm -hmm. um, this, um, Michigan State transfer and he was able to play last night and I think he had like 15 points and played uh, like almost 20 minutes or so and yeah, he, he's yeah I was impressed solid. and there yeah, at the I end was, like our only sh the last two minutes I think he might have scored like eight points they essentially just inbounded to him and he just ran down the court and scored on people and like over and over again <laughs> and then of course we'd foul and they made their free throws on like us and were able <laughs> to keep the score where it was but but yeah um but other than that, I mean, you know, Jesse Edwards only having two points in that game is pretty crazy, considering he's averaging like 20 this year. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm a little underwhelmed with Jesse right now. I, I think he started the season really strong. Uh, and uh, I mean, obviously, he was the, the op one option we had. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. Quinn obviously is is able to score, but he he goes cold fast. Quinn does, which is not something you know. He's just a little streaky right now. Seth Wilson is too, yeah. but but Jesse for being a fifth year guy and usually being the biggest dude on the court has to take control of those games. And I just don't feel like he has yet. I mean, there's just times where I'm like, where is he? He kind of gets lost on the floor when he really shouldn't. He should be the focal point. And again, maybe with battle coming in, that opens up the floor more for him. Maybe people are just, you know, just coming down on him very quickly, uh, doubling him, which I'm sure they are in the post. And again, we have to, as a team, the way that we are, we have to learn to kick the ball inside and then immediately kick it out for like a three. But we don't have the greatest shooters, <laughs> which makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, so obviously Wilson can get it going. I And he, he has kind of been there a little bit, but every time I'm up on him, I, you know, something happens. So we'll yep. see what happens with that team. Uh, but I, I look forward to seeing battle play, even if it is just for the two games uh, that we get to see him. Oh, no. So they actually extended that all the way through spring now. So Did they? Yeah, the, the restraining order is, is all the way through the end of the season. So both players will be eligible for the rest of the year. The real question is, is do they lose eligibility for playing that rest of the year? Because... You know, this whole argument this last like week or so has been if they played in the 14 days, do they lose eligibility? Well, now that's extended to all the way through the season. So I, I haven't read the fine print, but maybe the consideration is, well, we'll let them play this year, but it counts. Um, so I'm not, I'm I would, not sure I would say exactly. That's, I'd say that's fair if that's what happens. Yeah, I'd be I would be OK with the, the NCAA making that decision. Yeah, because they both essentially missed what nine games. Right. So essentially, yeah, they missed nine games, but you know, they get to play the majority of the season. I would be okay with that. I was going to be upset about it if, you know, they played three games and then the restraining order came back or kicked out uh, and they couldn't play. So I'm actually okay if they do count that as eligibility. Yep. But hopefully they don't. And then Rayquan can play another year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he has, if he has a great year, if he has a great year though, like, his goal, and he's been open about this, his goal is to go to the NBA. So sure. if he has a great year, the rest of the year, we may not see him anyway. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I'd rather see him now. Yep, for sure. Cool. Well, let's get into the football bowl game preview. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're going to the world famous Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to be on December 27th, and kickoff is at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Is time. this a playoff bowl? It's probably a playoff bowl, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Like we're top six. We're, we're is that playing for the Blue four? Ridge Mountains. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Battle of the Blue Ridge Mountains. That's right. Screw you, but, Florida uh, State. We got in over you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who? Exactly. You know who did? All I'm going to say didn't? is we're 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 one and zero in court. So maybe we go to court about not getting chosen. I don't know. That's right. Yeah, let's just start suing everybody when we lose. Who cares? <laughs> hey, when baby dog's on your side, you've got nothing to fear. It's over. It's over at that point. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be playing in the Duke's Mayo Bowl against the UNC Tar Heels, which this is only the third time that we've played the Tar Heels in football. And the last time... We beat them 31 to 30. And if I remember right, I think 
that was Pat McAfee's last year, possibly. And I think he kicked a field goal to win the game, if I remember right. But, um, but yeah, so this will be interesting. Not a lot of uh, history between the two teams as far as football goes. And, um, you know, obviously it's going to be an interesting game. We've got a pretty big alumni base in Charlotte, one of the biggest of WVU's alumni bases. So should have a good turnout. I saw that they, they've already opened up additional seating to the WVU side of the field. So I think that um, should be a good turnout for sure. I'll be there. I will not. I didn't like where it was, but I'm I'm not going to get into that. I just thought it was a boring place to go. We go there all the time in terms of bowl games. So I'm like, eh. I I do like I do like uh how Duke's Mayo uh I like their social media team. I just wish they would have picked a cooler yeah. spot. Uh except, you know, <laughs> North Carol North Carolina, but whatever. Uh most people think that this is going to be a home game for UNC. I disagree with that. I think WVU is actually going to uh, out travel UNC here. UNC is a basketball school. Uh, I, I think that WVU is going to uh, wipe the floor in a, for attendance when it comes to this game. Yeah, and real quick, I do want to do uh, a not so shameless plug because most people who listen are going to support this anyways. But Country Roads Trust has a goal right now of 1500 members i think they're around like 1200 1250 yeah, if we get right. it before the the bowl game on the on the 27th um the result is that our athletic director ren baker will give himself a duke's mayo bath so he's going to get mayo dumped all over him and amanda Maisie, who is um wife to randy Maisie, the the baseball coach is also going to do the mayo bath and on top of that, we have an anonymous donor of $500,000 to the trust if we hit 1,500 members by December 27th. So if you're not a member and you have uh, you know extra change, I think you can join for like as low as, I don't know, it's like $20 a month or something like that. Um, so they're just looking for pure member accounts, not dollar amount. So if you can, join. If not, just you know tune into the game and, and support WVU that way. But uh Shameless plug over. <laughs> I like it. Another shameless plug uh, is if you're listening to this and you haven't left a review, please leave a review on anywhere that you listen because it helps us. Uh, so also just leave five stars. If you leave anything else, don't leave a review, please. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, also exactly. if you're not giving, if you if you're not giving stink, five stars, just... why are you listening? Why are you listening? Go away. <laughs> yeah if you think we stink just keep listening but please don't leave a review uh, if you think we stink but, you uh, should get to know our real personality <laughs> yeah this is this is just like a, a made-up persona that we have online I, we're actually yeah really I'm, a, I'm a character character that's all i am <laughs> all right well, let's get into the wvu players that we don't expect to see in the bowl game and I've got a, I have two separate lists Ugh. here. I've got due to right. injury and due to transfer. All right. So due to injury, this is going to be the toughest one. Future is, Cincinnati uh, Bengal. Cincinnati Bengal. Future Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal. Uh, yeah, please, whatever you do for this man's career, do not send him to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't send uh, him there. <laughs> I know geographically that might make a lot of sense for him and his family, but please, Zach, don't do it. 
Uh, Zach Frazier. So obviously we know he got hurt there at the end yep. of the Baylor game. Um, they haven't said whether he's going to try and play in the senior bowl or if he's going to be able to, but obviously that will really stink for him if he can't play in that game. This game is obviously a little less meaningful um, as far as people watching and things like that, but Zach Frazier won't be playing due to his injury. Uh, and then another one to watch is CJ Donaldson. There's a lot of speculation that he is currently injured and has had surgery and will not be available. Um, Coach Brown hasn't had his like official media day yet for the bowl game. So we don't know if that's true or not, but it's someone to, to look out for. Um, obviously, I think there's a couple more injuries, but those are like the major ones of people that you know we won't be seeing due to injury. Um, and then yeah, due to transfer, Zach's, Zach's the biggest loss there. Zach's the biggest loss there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, love I CJ. I love CJ. See, uh, yeah, I love CJ. Yeah. But we have we have dudes that can step in for CJ. We uh, we're a little thin when it comes to depth at center. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's Brandon Yates. I think is technically number two. Uh, right, and which then shifts him over. Like a, a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's definitely going to do. There's going to be some switching around for sure. But uh, yeah, definitely Zach Frazier being the the bigger of the two hits because, like you said, we have Jaheim, um, Jordan Anderson, or sorry, uh, what is his name again? I just completely blanked on it. The guy who can't catch the ball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jalen Anderson. That's right. It's like. Um, <laughs> CJ yeah, like he hasn't played in so many games. I completely forgot about him. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I think those are going to be our really our only two options if CJ's out because uh, Justin Johnson is in the transfer portal and they yeah, redshirted uh, the meatball. <laughs> yep. Fastest guy on the team so. is what weird. <laughs> yeah, literally the fastest guy on the team. But um, but yeah. So just to, you know, on on the transfer portal talk uh these are some players that we aren't going to see or don't expect to see due to transfer portal uh defensive lineman mike lockhart which obviously um you know how i feel about this guy i thought he's been really good this season he's got a high motor type guy and he is going to and i think already committed to smu he did so, which yep. is an interesting move uh, to say big the loss least, but big loss um but yeah, so I think we're going to miss him. But I do think that we have some pretty solid people to back him up as well. So I think that it's going to be a, a name recognition type miss versus actual ability to play. But, uh, but yeah, uh, anybody you're looking for or, or looking at missing that's going to be transferring? Yeah, Andrew Wilson Lamp is just like a huge loss. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> John. Okay. Sorry. Come sorry. on. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You're a, I you're wish a him, bully. I wish I wish him well. I wish him well. And success. I, we wish you best in your future endeavors, Mr. Wilson Lamp. Um also <laughs> also you say that I mean the readers can't see this, but <laughs> next to Andrew Wilson Lamp's name, you just put in parentheses <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to. No, oh. you don't get to throw me well, under the bus. <laughs> you don't get to throw well, me under the bus. <laughs> All right. Well, well and, and okay. <laughs> in all honesty, um, uh, McLaurin is is a massive loss. I mean, 
Lockhart was was great up front. We talked about him controlling the line of scrimmage, um, but McLaurin was a guy that I just thought was going to be there uh, a while, <laughs> and that really sucks. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a big loss. I think Justin Johnson is also an underrated loss simply because he was a he was pretty decent at catching the ball in the backfield, which mm-hmm. uh, we don't really need Jaheim to do. We need him to to run it out of the backfield on first and second down. And I don't really like Anderson as a third down back right now. I'd rather see Johnson. So that was a big loss. Um, besides that, a lot of these guys were just guys I expected uh, to to be gone, to be honest. Yeah, most of these people I've I put in the notes, like they've either not seen the field or very limited. Um, I'll just go through them in case you guys are, have, you know, are not following along. Um, James Hurd Jr. never saw the field. He was injured all year. Um, I think he came back with like a few games to go and could have played, but elected not to. I'm guessing because he already had made up his mind that he was leaving. Lance Dixon was removed from the team or suspended in some fashion ever since the Houston game. There was some extracurricular activity going on outside of football. They got him in trouble. Um, did, we ever, did we ever and get Jeremiah the real? Aaron. Did we ever get the real story <laughs> on that? I don't. I don't oh, think so. Okay. But I, 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 I heard so. it was having a, a friend back in the hotel with them in some way. Ah, yeah. that that'll happen. That'll that's what I. That's what we. That's what I read on the interwebs. We'll, you know, everything on there is true. So that's got to be what happened. I heard that. Um, and then wide receivers, we lost a f- several here. Um, Cortez Braham, Jeremiah Aaron, both left to the team uh, just before the TCU game. Due to like you know lack of production, they they weren't happy with with their role, and neither one were really even when they were playing early on were really outstanding. Obviously, our I felt like our wide receivers got better and better as the year went on without those guys. So again, two people that I'm not super concerned with losing. Um, Jay Sean Polk, who just transferred in, is I think graduating and transferring again. Uh, again, mm-hmm. limited maybe didn't even play don't remember i think i think i remember him very briefly playing in one of the the early games but definitely not somebody that that you know had a lot of production or anything like that and then davis mallinger who has been with the team for a few years was a defensive back they switched him over because he was like the fastest guy on the team to be wide receiver and try and be like a deep threat got injured never really played um again came back later in the year still didn't really play and uh yeah so I, I just a lot of these guys you know not not super productive people um so far and then uh defensively we we lost a couple of guys that were kind of hopeful to be like future or or good like second second guys uh Keyshawn Cobb only saw <laughs> only saw time against Duquesne which is you know that kind of speaks for itself I think uh, and then same thing with Christian Stokes. But Stokes was a young player. I think he's like a freshman or a, or a redshirt freshman. He's been on the team a couple of years. But Keyshawn Cobb just got here. Like he just transferred in and then graduating and leaving again. So I'm guessing there just wasn't a good mesh there that they thought was going to be, a, you know, a, a long term or a good solid pr- production player. But and then lastly, we've got Danny King, who is a kicker. And obviously we went and got a transfer. So anytime I feel like the, the 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 coaches go and get a transfer to play over somebody who's been with the program a couple of years, I'm guessing that the there's just not something something isn't meshing there team wise or yeah. ability wise. 
That makes but, total uh, sense. But yeah, so those are the people that uh, we shouldn't expect to see. Um, just because they're in the transfer portal, it seems like generally Neil's policy has been that those players are are gone once they enter. So, yeah, I mean, again, these are guys that we kind of expected to see gone. There's no one besides the ones we mentioned. There's no one I'm like, oh man, I can't believe he's gone. Uh, Hershey was the was the one I was very surprised by. Yeah, I would say that's probably. I mean, Mike Lockhart, just because, you know, I I really liked him. But Hershey McLaurin was definitely the most surprise uh, that I, like, the most surprised I was about any of these people. Yeah, yeah, me too. Didn't you uh, on a on a on an off topic? Well, I guess it's still the same topic. Didn't you pull his NIL card? <laughs> I did. I, 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 pull, I pulled a signed <laughs> a signed. Hershey McLaurin card, of course. <laughs> I got I got two signature cards, and one was Lee Koba, who's no longer going to be on the team, which could be end up being a pretty good team because I think he's a Might, pretty solid yeah. linebacker. But uh, the other, yeah, the other, the other was Hershey McLaurin. So, <laughs> oh, that's... what a bad beat, dude! What a bad beat. Yep. Well, you know, maybe maybe one day it'll be uh, worth a million dollars or something. It won't. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it will be. Okay, on to UNC. What do you got for us, John? All right. Uh, well, the big news is that there's their starting quarterback, Drake May, who is projected to be a top two pick, uh, depending on who you ask, is not playing, which I guess I can't blame him because as much as the prestige of the Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, lives on, Drake May has some bigger things to take care of, and that is to get ready to go to the NFL. Uh, he, honestly, he he's the difference maker for that team. Like, I saw some articles out there that said North Carolina is more than just Drake May. No, they're not. On offense, they're not. Drake May was the guy who had been, he, he'd started since he was a freshman. He knew the system. He's the guy who did all the checks. If you watch their film, he does all the protection. He's the guy. So now we've got, a guy coming in, Connor Harrell. He's a mobile quarterback, right? 6'5", 205, big guy, but hasn't done anything. I mean, he, what, four for six, 71 yards and a touchdown. That's not a whole lot, obviously. Uh, and I'm just going to be honest. When it comes to these types of bowl games, a lot of the play comes down to the quarterbacks. Uh, and I would put Garrett, I'd put money on Garrett Green every day of the week over uh, Connor Harrell. So I yeah. think we have a huge edge going there. Yeah, his uh his four it's actually funny. His four completions were all in the same game. So he played in three games total. Oh. And the first game he went 0 for 2. The second game okay. he went 4 for 4, 71 yards and a touchdown, and then the third game he saw snaps but didn't record any stats. So okay. Yeah, not not a lot here for for him, and he is. Uh, I mean, he's a young young guy. I do see them. I think they might have already landed a transfer. I don't figure he'll be the starter going into next year, but he will be the expected starter as May is going to the NFL draft. And the other guy who's been there for several years but hasn't really played has announced he's transferring. So I think that he may be probably the only scholarship quarterback available. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, I'm sure that with how big of a body he is, 
you know, being a mobile guy, he probably will do some things against this defense, especially, you know, with a kind of depleted uh, linebacking core for West Virginia right now, especially with McLaurin gone. But I just don't see them winning the game with this guy's arm. Now, that doesn't mean they don't win the game, but I just think that, yeah. again, again, when it comes to these bowl games against two teams who are very unfamiliar with each other, I always base my bets or my guesses on the quarterback play, and I would put Garrett Green uh, over this guy every day. Yeah, for sure. Another name that they won't have in this game is Tez Walker, which most people probably know him just from the whole thing at the beginning of the season where he was deemed ineligible for, what was it, a couple of games, and then the NCAA actually, after new information came out, quote-unquote, allowed him to play and went on to to be pretty productive. I mean, he was their leading receiver. He had like 690 yards of receiving and um, 40 to 50 receptions. But I don't think that he will be uh, that far missed because the number two guy was right behind him with 42 receptions, 658 yards, uh, and J.J. Jones. And then the next guy, this might be surprising to most people, was a tight end, which has never been good for us. We love to leave leave those guys open. Um, Bryson Nesbitt, <laughs> 41 receptions for 585 yards, which is a lot. Wow. That is. Uh, we are not... We are not good against the tight end. Uh, maybe we, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe the departure of some of these guys will allow other dudes on the field. Maybe we get somebody uh, who actually can go one on one against the tight end. That'd be awesome. Uh, but we just don't have it right now. Tez Walker's a massive loss. That guy is going to be probably a, a, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a late first, but he's probably going to be a day two pick. Uh, very good wide receiver. So, huge miss you know by them um but you know they've got some guys it's unc so mac brown has done a good job since he's gotten back there uh recruiting his recruiting classes are tend to be pretty good obviously he's got drake may and tez walker that's pretty pretty solid right there but again all every team right now is dealing with these issues it, it is the next man up mentality uh to a t so this will be interesting to see uh, what we've got, you know, for a kind of depleted UNC offense. Yeah. Well, I will say they do have one leg to stand on, and that's their running back, uh, Omarion Hampton. 234 carries for 1,442 yards, which is an average of 6.2. Yeah, 15 touchdowns. So the dude did a lot of running. He was the clear number one. It wasn't like, you know, our team where we had – multiple like six or 700 yard rushers like this guy was taking most of the carries the next guy below him um running back wise was 71 carries um so yeah he was definitely the clear cut first and got a lot of carries he'll be available uh, as far as we know now and so i would expect there to be a lot of running which i think will generally be good for us but we shall see on that that part anything else about the offense uh no off topic though uh because uh, i'll just break the fourth wall and say that we're recording on a sunday uh i don't know if you have any of the games on in front of you right now but the bears just lost in the most bears fashion to the browns 
they threw a Hail Mary. It was tipped and almost it was essentially caught by the receiver. He falls to the ground in the end zone, kicks it off of his own foot, and the Browns intercept it for the win. <laughs> Yikes. So off off topic, but I I just had to put that in there. Anyway, let's go over to the UNC defense, uh, which again, this is going to be, this is, I'm going to be very interested in Garrett green attempting to dissect this UNC defense. UNC is historically known for a pretty solid pass rush. You and I have talked about it. Garrett green gets happy feet. Sometimes is this pass rush going to force Garrett? back into some bad habits. That's something that I, I wonder against a team like this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely think that's, that's going to be something that even Garrett has addressed in the off season. They're going to work on some footwork things. Um, just, it's just with, with where Garrett has been behind these guys the whole year, the focus hasn't really been on getting Garrett prepared for the season. And I think that this will be his true first was the starter, is returning. Like you should see a lot of growth for him in the offseason. So I would I wouldn't expect us to see all of those things or even some of those things just yet, just because there's only what three three weeks removed from the regular season. And so I, I would guess that the pass rush, while he was only sacked a few times this year, I think the pass rush will be a major factor in and his accuracy and obviously all quarterbacks are less accurate once they you're rolling out or have to throw on the move but yeah i I, uh i would definitely say that this defensive line is gonna gonna give them some trouble especially with zach frazier not being in and them having to move some things around so yeah yeah that that's the other thing is just where is this offensive line gonna be in terms of what are they gonna be able to do to protect him and there's some guys on that defense that are just solid you and i talked offline just a second ago there's a guy i'm really really interested in seeing for uh the unc tar heels and that's travis shaw he's this huge massive defensive lineman uh six five three thirty five he has not played very much he was a five star coming out uh and i i'm assuming he's going to get the chance to play this this bowl game uh, with some of their losses too. And he, dude, he's a scary guy. I don't know how well we're going to match up if he actually gets to play in the middle, uh, especially with a, I guess, second string uh, center. So I'll be interested to see that. I mean, they have other guys too who are really, really solid, but he's the guy who I'm like, this could be a problem, especially because he hasn't played. So we don't have any tape on him either. <laughs> so this is just a yeah. guy that I, I remember seeing when he came in uh, I saw his tape and was like, uh Oh, uh, in terms of <laughs> wishing that WVU would have got this guy. Yeah, no, for sure. But, uh, overall defense, they've allowed 27. I think it's like 27 and a half. But I'll just say 27 points per game, uh, with a 57th ranked strength of schedule. So okay. put that into kind of perspective. WVU also allows around 27 points per game with a 40, 40th ranked strength of schedule. So these their defense with all of their players before transfer portal sitting out for a draft and things like that played pretty comparable to WVU's defense against worse teams. Um, so what I would expect to see is 
I, I think it's both sides of this. If if their quarterback can get going, it's going to be a high-scoring game. If not, it's going to be a WVU blowout, I would imagine, because we retained almost everybody from offense. So it's essentially our regular season offense versus their kind of beat-up, already down defense. Um, and yeah. one of those players that yeah. they won't have playing, who this, this guy has absurd stats <laughs> i didn't go <laughs> see how he is ranked nationally but just reading this he has 121 total tackles he's a linebacker his name's cedric gray uh he is elected to not play because he's going to prepare for the nfl draft which i mean duh uh this guy has 64 solo tackles and to kind of put that into uh comparison to our best leading tackler lee koba who had 85 total tackles this guy had 64 solo tackles, 121 total tackles to our leading tackler, Lee Koba's 85 total tackles. Absurd. And I'm very happy he's good? not playing. Is that good? That's probably pretty yeah, good. I think that's probably pretty good. <laughs> that's my guess. I don't know. Again, I didn't see how he ranks nationally, but I would have to imagine there's not a lot of people who are recording 120 plus tackles in one year. Uh. You know, I'm starting to think you're right. <laughs> I mean, this is, he's insane. I mean, and also we got to, the other guy you got to mention is Miles Murphy. Uh, Miles Murphy's not playing either. Yeah. And he, that is a massive, massive loss. Those are their two best defensive players. Uh, and that's a, that's a big deal. Gray also, uh, I don't know if you said this, eight and a half sacks, six Forced fumbles and five interceptions. Yeah, he's he's okay. That, yeah, I I wouldn't want him on our team. Um, he's just not up to our caliber. But you know, good for UNC probably. Uh, so he, uh, <laughs> I just I looked it up. Killed, I he is tied, tied sixteenth overall okay. in total tackles. Cedric wow, Gray. and most of the players on this list are linebackers. Uh, this guy, oh, okay. Can we go, can we get this guy on the horn? Kinderin Ray from Tulsa. Okay. He's a safety. Uh-huh. 73 solo tackles and 133 total tackles. Can we get him on the horn? Two interceptions. Uh, <laughs> One forced fumble. I'll tell you what, if he's in Vegas, I definitely could probably get a hold of him. I'm always on the horn. Yeah, with you got, them, you got but... some people. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's. It is incredible how different some of these teams are in the sense of what they have, um, especially like a, a guy like a Tulsa guy, right? Like you're like, well, yeah. You know, do you, why why is he coming from there? It's just guys that the I'm gonna break it to everyone. The star system coming out of high school is the most ridiculously dumb thing. Uh, I mean, it's been proven to be super biased. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Brandon, but there was somebody who made up a five star uh, when it mm-hmm. came to high school football to show that it was, you know, rigged and fake. And they literally put this kid, this fake kid as a five star and did all of his predict, you know, his probability to go everywhere. And like, that's how big of a joke it is. So a lot of these kids are just overlooked based off either like where they went to high school, what state they're from. I mean, look at look at all the West Virginia kids that get overlooked. 
yeah. it's because they're in West Virginia. Like everybody's like, oh, the talent mm-hmm. just must not be very good there. And it's like, well, you're not looking at the tape. You're looking at, you know, the state's reputation. So a lot of these kids just get overlooked based off of that uh, or what division they play in, like, you know, double, triple A, whatever. So, yeah, there's definitely guys out there that you have to go after. And that's also why there's game changer, game changers like uh, our boy Bruce Irvin. Massive yep. game changer. You know, came from junior college. So, I mean, these guys are legit, uh, especially kids, maybe even kids from Tulsa. So, yeah, get them on the horn. Um, but, yeah, Miles Murphy, Cedric Gray being out, huge, huge losses for this team. Uh, they do have one guy. I want to make sure we mention this guy because his sack total is incredible. Cayman Rucker. Yeah. Yeah. He's a linebacker. He has eight and a half sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Uh, so obviously doesn't do a whole lot in the terms of dropping back usually, but he's definitely going to be a great pass rusher. But yeah, Cedric Gray is the next guy up after that, and, and he's obviously gone. And the last guy I want to mention is Bo Atkinson. Uh, I'm not sure if... At this point, we're just mentioning guys. We have no idea who's actually transferring because there's so many yeah. transfers. But Bo Atkinson is another defensive lineman who has put up some pretty good statistics as well. Yeah, and and defensive back wise, they've got a couple of guys who are, are are on the charts here. Elijah Huzzy, which by the way, cool last name. Can you guess how good Very he is? Cool. How good? Yeah, he was cool last name, so he's got to be pretty good. He's got six say. passes defended, three interceptions. So he's uh, okay. second in their pass defended stat, but he's also not just defending them, but he's also catching them, which is something we struggled to do this year. So yeah, they have. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like they have they have pretty good depth at defensive back and safety. It looks like. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that's a good point. They also have um, a kid named got... pa- Power Eccles. Power Eccles is his name. <laughs> his first name is literally Power. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome yeah he's got a pick forget the linebacking stand don't don't forget about the linebacker standout sebastian cheeks (laughs) (laughs) oh no all right he's not a a, actually he only has one they have a he has a cool name they have a guy with the last name fox too so he has to be the hardest worker on their team uh so be on the lookout for that guy as well yeah, anything else about the defense? Uh, defensive back wise, they they seem pretty average. They don't have any like big standouts of sorry as far as like passes defended or interceptions or anything like that. Um, I'm guessing that's probably with their linebacking core they have and their defensive line. I'm guessing that their their weakness is probably defensive backs. Um, so we probably yeah. would expect there to be a lot of downfield passes with Garrett and and the gang. So um, anything else you have to add about defense? No, that's all I got. Alrighty, well, our next part of this is going to be the UNC special teams in honor of Tim Lindsay. So we've got a guy who, yeah, perfect is almost the word I would use. Uh, Kicker, his name is uh, Noah, got the last name, Burnett. Yeah, Noah Burnett. He is 42 for 42 on extra points 
and 18 of 19 on field goals. He scored 96 points this year. So uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that's 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 decent. Hey, I'm I am very excited when I see good kickers because I'm like, it, one, it makes me feel a little bit better because I always I always worry when teams go forward on fourth down against us. I don't know why, but we always seem to play some zone like soft zone coverage that doesn't work, and then they end up picking the first down uh, in the red zone. Yep. But when the other team has a great kicker. They end up kicking the ball, so they only get three out of it, which I know that, you know, the whole bend don't break mentality. So I think that that helps us. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's he, he is definitely a good kicker. You're right. Yeah, and then at, at punter, I think they're, again, they're just, there's nothing to yeah, really nothing talk right about. Home about. It's just extremely, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. It's extremely average and... um. But yeah, I, I, I'm looking now to see how their punt return yardage is. But yeah, I, I don't think again. I don't think there's a lot. This this de- this team, like you said earlier, was really just Drake May and uh, Cedric Gray, essentially May and Gray team. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, this we're really gonna figure out what this team is. Uh, WVU is going to look like. I, I think next year. Like, what are we going to see out of facing some of these other teams, especially when you're going to have younger guys playing, which is the exciting thing about it is you finally get to see, like, what you've been kind of waiting on. So I'll be interested to see what we develop, what we haven't developed. Um, I also just want to point out that Jordan Leslie is a candidate for some head coaching jobs, and I wish him well in his future endeavors as well. Yeah, we wish him the most well that you could ever wish somebody. I will be praying that he has a great interview for him. <laughs> I, I, it, it means not you know nothing to me, right? I you know I just want him to be happy. Yeah, and you know us, we would never want somebody to lose their job. But if they move on, you know what? What can we do about it? Right, and then you just wish him wish him well in their future endeavors. Yeah. He's in peace. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't get an, a job, I would also like to wish him well in his future endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think our prediction earlier in the year with uh, there being some staff changes here at the first of the year, I would say we're still going to see that. Obviously, we know at this point it's not going to be Neil Brown. Sorry to all the people out there right. that need that to happen or want that to happen. It's it's not happening. But I do think there will be some staff changes. Also, two big names of the, was it like 30 under 35 or something like that? Yeah. I think is yeah. the name of the of the award. Uh, Bilal Marshall, who's the wide receiver coach, who kind of came out of nowhere. He, this is his first big time job as a wide receiver coach. And then, you know, old faithful Blaine Stewart is also on that list. So congrats to those guys for making that. And I do think they've done a pretty good job this year with you know, identifying talent and and kind of making their position be pretty meaningful to the game for us. Blaine will be a head coach here before we know it. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, Blaine is. It, it'll, it won't be WVU, but it'll be somewhere, and that it'll be great to see him uh, start his head coaching career because he he's a guy I am excited to see as a head coach. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, John, anything else you've got to uh, to wrap up UNC? 
No, man, I think that's everything for me. Uh, the team just has to go out and take care of business. It's really what it is. I mean, I know that that's a, a football cliche, but in a game like this where the other team is hurting for talent, this is where you just, you man up, you go to, you you go, you clock in, you clock out. That's what my old coaches used to say. Uh, and you take care of business. That's it. So this should be a relatively, I won't say easy, but it should be a relatively easily projected win for WVU. Uh, and if not, then there's going to be questions as to what happened. Yep, for sure. So final predictions. What's a score prediction? Just throw something out there. Uh, I, I think WVU 38, UNC 23. Yeah, I was going to go 42-27. So I think fair uh, one too. we're both kind of on the same... Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a lot of WVU points if everything you know goes as planned. Obviously, the the offensive line being scrubbed around could get completely demolished, and then obviously we're at square one again with not being able to run the ball or pass the ball. So, um, I would say if we go off of how the team has looked towards the end of the season, and with them being a little depleted in key areas, my guess is a lot of WVU score. I'm guessing probably two to three touchdown difference. Yep, that's where I am. I think uh I think we also get to see Jahim again. I think he just takes control Jahim. of this game. Yep, I think he just takes control of this game and, and just solidifies himself as the freshman all American that he is. Also, shout out Beanie Bishop. Consensus yep. All American. We gotta make sure that we get that on. I mean, we've been high on him all year. We talked about it. He's the only corner on this team that we'd put on an island by himself with the other team's best receiver. And obviously everyone else saw it too, because he's, he is the what 13th consensus all American in WVU's history. Yeah. He's next to some, some pretty, uh, some pretty yeah. solid names and good our names to good names to have. Now he's going to be, I'm assuming going to the, the draft this year, right? Yeah, he. I don't think he has any eligibility left, even if he. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. Him, so. So, but yeah, no. Uh, again, it's somebody that legit. we haven't heard. Yeah, we haven't heard. I would assume he's not in a position to just not play, but I think that, um, you know, I think he'll be he'll be playing for us. But you know, he's he's somebody else who, based on the consistent all American thing, things change and maybe he doesn't play. But as of right now, again, Neil hasn't had his press conference yet, so we are not sure. Um, some of the other names of people who are sitting out or whatever, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. It's definitely well-deserved. He, he did a great job. Even if he, you know, should have caught some of those balls. I can't imagine what they would have gave him probably the keys to the, the whole NCAA. If I was to guess if, if he had caught some of those extra interceptions, but no, had he caught them, they would have suspended him. (laughs) Ineligible. (laughs) Yeah. They would have been like, Hey, if you'd have played anywhere else closer to home, uh, we'd keep you on the field, but we think that we're protecting you right here by taking away everything from you. Um, uh, yeah. Why see. don't you I'm just trying. sit out and quit fighting us about it? <laughs> Incredible. He is now listed That's as one argument. of the top. He's one of the listed as one of the top nickel corners, uh, in the, uh, mock draft right now. And is he's going to have to play Brandon. The reason being, <clears throat> is that he is currently projected because he is undersized. Um, yeah, he's he's currently projected to go. 
it looks like pretty late, like six round. So he's going to need to play. He's also probably going to need to play in the, um, in the senior bowl, I would assume to show kind of his skills and climb the board. Uh, but whoever gets him is going to get a steal. If that's how low he's going, that's a steal. Yep. No, for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping that the size thing, you know, he grows into it, not just like physically, but, you know, as a player, obviously they have kind of constraints of size versus, you know, ability. And I'm hoping that he's able to to beat the odds there and, and be productive and, and, you know, be a good corner for somebody or, or safety or whatever they build him into. And we've had guys that have been drafted as corners. They end up, you know, getting filling into like being like a, a linebacker tweener type role. So. That's fair. Yeah, we'll I also oh. and I also compare him in terms of NFL readiness. I, I mean, he really could be a Rasu Douglas. Like, really, he actually could. Yeah. So um, that's true. I will be excited to see where he goes. Hopefully, uh, he is also a Cincinnati Bengal come next year. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that hey, to be John. selfish. Hey, John, we got to talk real quick. Um, okay. They can't draft everybody. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they can. They have seven picks. <laughs> okay. All right. What rounds? What all what right. rounds? Lee going in? He'll probably be a Bengal too. So if it was me, if I was the GM, I'd probably go <laughs> Frazier round two, Lee round three, and then give me Beanie round four. And I mean, then you're gonna put a ring on my finger because it's gonna be Super Bowl or bust. Absolutely. That much. There's talent. no chance that that goes a different way. I don't, I don't see how it could, Brandon. It's not like there's 31 other teams picking. No. I mean, if you just trade all of your future picks so you can draft every player this year, then... I guess I'll have to trade Burrow for Frazier if somebody else takes him. I don't know what else I'll do. That's that's true. It's fair to me. All right. All right just a disclaimer, too. This is our... Uh, this will be our final episode of the year uh, with the holidays and things like that. So um, beginning of next year, we'll come out with our episode recapping the bowl game and start talking basketball. And then it'll be basketball the rest of the time with some intermittent transfer news and coaching changes, stuff like that. But just a disclaimer. Yep. Perfect. Anything else you got to add, John? No, that's it. That's it. We're wrapped up. Let's wrap this baby. Just like a Christmas president, let's wrap this up. Alrighty. Well, uh, just two things left to say. Happy holidays, everyone, and we'll see you next year. And John, as always, let's go!